0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. It just comes out of you. Hey guys, this is Ace
0: Morero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David LG Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suite. Hi,
2: I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm Derek Garamano, the writer director of Asian. Hi, this is Ben Home from the film The Expedition.
0: This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. A Stewart. Page to Screen. Up in my bunkers. Get my motorcycle running and track With
2: I'm Neil Johnson. I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The Page to
1: Screen.
0: Your audio, audio is perfect. Oh, lovely. Now, actually, you're in the future, aren't you? Yeah, I just thought uh, I wanted to see, you know, Time Wars and all that lot. You could have been in my future. I'm, I might have been thinking you just woke up in the States, but you might actually be in the future. So.
2: What, what is the news? Has anything happened?
0: The news, uh, the Time War won the Oscar, so I'm guessing uh, you might be in the past.
2: Yes, I am. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh dear!
0: <laughs> never mind. We'll get there. You know, we'll we'll yes. edit out all these little time blips and stuff, and we'll make it sound like we're both in a sort of present or whatever. Oh, very so, good. How did you sleep? Not don't say lying down because that's like a really old corny joke.
2: Oh, that's actually very clever. I'd never <laughs> heard that clever. joke.
0: You never heard that one. Thank you.
2: Uh, Great audience. No. <laughs> well, how did I sleep? I, I slept okay. I have nightmares every night. Not nightmares. Inspired dreams by uh, the things I'm doing. Right now, I'm building a giant full-size submarine. Okay. Uh, Well, not not the whole thing, just parts of it. Yeah. And, you know, I woke up and it's like, I don't feel like building a submarine today.
0: <laughs> no. To be honest, if I woke up and I had to build a submarine, I don't, I'd have to be in a very special mood to go, do you know what, it's this submarine building day, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I that was up- – that- I woke up this morning and thought, I'm going to watch films today, and so far I've watched nothing, so, you know. Oh, oh I know. Mm. It's, it's terrible. <laughs>
2: um, so. I, you know what I did watch last night? Uh, was Exc- Excalibur?
0: Ah, the old one that features a very yes. early Liam Neeson.
2: A oh, very strange Liam Neeson. He's, <laughs> yep. It's so bizarre. He's just grunting the whole time, and and. <laughs> Anyway, it's bizarre I mean you would not have expected that guy to become Liam, Nees- Liam Neeson you know no, no it's, it's
0: uh, had you seen it before or is this the first time you have watched it
2: oh no I've seen this about 40 times it's
0: weird isn't uh, it I remember I haven't seen it for at least 20 years or whatever but I remember watching it probably when it hit home video so it would have been like you know early 80s or whatever it was Because 1981 isn't it or something I think
2: Around yes. that time. 1980, 81. It, you know, it, it, it it's a landmark film uh, because, uh, you know, I was going to watch the Guy Ritchie King Arthur, and I just thought, I need to watch this one. And, you know, they did everything real back then. Um, and it's, let me tell you, it's an absolute work of art. It, it's a weird work of art, um, but it's so beautifully made. I, I watched it in full HD, and it's glorious. It's such a glorious film. As Patrick Stewart, as well as a you know um he's like it's funny he's 30 years old and he's got a he's got a daughter who's like 20 years old
0: (laughs) in the film (laughs) (laughs)
2: because you know he's he's got no hair in it but
0: i was going um, to ask actually even back then did he have no hair i remember seeing him in i think life force from 85 and i don't think he had a hair in that either
2: no i think he was born without hair do you think yeah (laughs) i mean he's he's probably 28 to 30 yeah. Uh, yeah, he looks like he's 40, but it, that's a good thing about Patrick Stewart is he doesn't age. You know, he's he's forever in our minds who will forever be a 35 40 year old man who lost his hair. Exactly.
0: Um
2: and uh, he's he's great in it, you know, and it's it's uh Gabriel Berners in it as well. And and Hel- and Helen Mirren that the queen. Yeah. Uh you can see her boobies in one point. Um, she,
0: she did. She doesn't seem to do that as much now, but there was a point, And then Kate Winslet, I think, took over where it's like, right, I'll take that role and I'll take my top off.
2: Well, you know, they do it well. They do they it do. classily. And, you know, this is what I like. This, let me tell you what I hate. <laughs> <You're>, I'm <laughs> on to my beefs of the day. You, you know, when you see a romance scene, okay, with, with, a, with a guy and a girl. They've been married for years and they want to have sex with the – the girl wants to have sex with the bra on. I've I've never been in that situation, and why do they leave their clothes on? You know, there's nothing natural about it. Uh, It it pulls me out of the movie. It's like, oh, okay, the actress didn't want to show her boobies off, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. But you know, just frame it a little closer, and then do a big wide shot, and just don't show them. You know, but I I love the fact that in life, you know, you can sometimes you have a nipple slip, or sometimes you have a you know, your boobs hang out, or or your junk hangs out. You know, man junk. Yeah, or right. sometimes you, know, you have mistakes, or you run around naked. Um, and that's it's funny. I I I used to have this guy who worked with me, Emmett. Uh, we used to do a lot of music videos together, and he's American. And we would go to Germany and do a lot of music videos. And he's a, he, now he's a director. He's directed a bunch of movies, but he would go jogging in the morning in Germany wearing nothing but a g-string or a thong uh you know and it, it was a fluorescent one and the reason being he was actually a male stripper as well he was he was into girls but he just liked to wear this thing and go jogging and it was so funny um i had a uh a girlfriend at the time who met him for the first time the first time she saw him he was jogging up the street in the cold in germany in a g-string and came up and said hello and it was the most bizarre thing for her. And I thought, well, that's just Emmett. That's what he does. <laughs> and, of course, all these Germans are pulling over and driving and saying, you can't do that here. It's forbidden and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you just kept going. And, and he would do these weird sort of pantomime acts sometimes. And it's,
0: uh, it's, I mean, I've never – I've been to Germany, but is, is jogging forbidden in Germany? What were these people?
2: Well, jogging in your underwear is
0: kind of – It's odd. Yeah, it's definitely odd. Yeah, I I wouldn't do it in the UK because you know, and I'm sure Tracy could testify to that. This is not a climate to go jogging in your underwear or Uh, jogging any time in the morning. It's not. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't do it. It's it's forbidden. It's it's, (laughs) yeah, In some it should be in some cases. I think shouldn't it? Forbidden. Don't do it. Well, it's just the sort of guy he was, you know, and it's it's quite funny,
2: Um, (laughs) but. Oh, God, there's another story I can't tell. Uh, maybe later I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> I, now, okay, i got to tell you something really interesting uh, about – so, you know, as you know, we, Rogue, Rogue Warrior – I'm a director, for those who don't know, and, and Rogue Warrior has won a bunch of film festivals. And I think one of my favorite ones we've got this year was World Fest in Houston. Now, this is – one of the oldest – well, it's definitely the oldest film festival in the U.S. It's 50 years uh, this year. And we won – was it this year or last year? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs>
0: they, all, they all blended to one these months, don't I, I have that I, problem.
2: No. I don't know what year it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we won – let's see. We, we won uh, Best Science Fiction. And, I mean, this is a big festival. Uh, when I say big, I mean it's massive. Um, so we won Best Science Fiction Film and – uh, what else did we get? Uh, best visual effects. And then there was, we, we, we were nominated for best actress, but the, Ch- the Chinese actress won. And, uh, you know, I think the Chinese sponsorship goes a long way sometimes, but you know, what if it's, it's yeah. <laughs> to be nominated to be the only American nominator for Tracy. That's a pretty cool thing. But um, I never forget, you know, when they're doing all the awards and stuff at the award show, he kind of, he stopped and said, you know, he did this little speech, and spoke about Rogue Warrior, and it was actually really nice. It's the only movie he's, he's did a speech about. I'm asked him another movie, but he just kind of in the middle of everything, just gave a little speech about a film, which I thought was really sweet. So anyway, this guy was having a a, a birthday celebration in Los Angeles, and we got invited along. There's all these famous people there, uh, and I can't name drop, but I, I did meet the director of Greece. Um, nice. yep. He didn't like. He didn't like to meet another director. It's quite funny. Directors don't like meeting other directors because it's competition. And they, you know, I said, "Don't worry, I'm just a director. Ignore me." <laughs> and is, he did.
0: Is, is he, there he, like that sort of competition? though? Know? I mean, I, I can understand if it, it was like James Cameron meeting George Lucas because they're like, "Well, we're kind of going after the same money or whatever for our films." But but, but Rogue they like jo- is not Greece.
2: I know, but it, you know, it's. I mean, this guy is a big legend of a director, and I'm just a nothing guy, so. I, I don't know. See, George Lucas was really nice to me. So I, I, I always imagine when I grew up, I'd be a director in Hollywood and I'd have all these other friends who are directors, like, you know, um, whoever they are, you know, like the Spielbergs. And they'll all be friends and we'll all be nice and we can chat about our movies and our problems and the this and the that and critique each other in a nice way. Um, but i've never had that you know this is I, I meet a guy who's a director i'm like oh really nice to meet you and they they go oh you're competition for me you know um it's not always the case i mean this greece guy was he was just you know he, he'd d- done so much stuff i don't think he cared to talk to another, another director but um i i do notice a lot of competition and it's it, it doesn't need to be because you know if they if they're Shut up and listen to me, I could teach them something if I shut up and listen to them they could probably teach me a shit ton of things. Exactly. so you know it's, it shouldn't be that way but yeah it, but the, here's the, here was the interesting this is where it got really interesting oh you know and the, there's so many famous people there and as I said, I, I, I can't name drop anybody because it'll just get silly but I met the guy uh, the, 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 the general manager of Kodak, now you know Kodak the film company and i have a really strong love affair with kodak they uh you know when i used to shoot film it was my favorite film stock and the reason being if anyone knows about this is kodak is it just, they just have such sort of rich warm colors you know if you want to get nice green grass you shoot agfa or fuji but fuji's a bit washed out for me i always loved kodak because it was just so warm to start with and then from there you could do something with it so i was a Kodak lover. In fact, you know, last music video I was shot was Kodak in like, 2002 for uh, a Man war music video in the Czech Republic. So I have a deep love of Kodak film. Anyway, that being said, uh, I met that the general manager of Kodak and he got chatting with him. Now, he was a really nice guy. And obviously, in his situation in this world, everyone's gone digital. And I felt really bad. I said, look, dude, I am the guy who, for all intents and purposes, helped start the uh, what would you call it the uh, the digital revolution. You know, I didn't. Ex- <laughs> it wasn't me. It was really George Lucas. But <laughs> you and I was George? That- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was the guy who did the world's first digital film. Yeah, I should be your bitter enemy, sir. Um, you know, the poster boy for digital and all this rubbish. But I, and you know, I- he was actually really nice to me. He wasn't being. A dick
0: or anything, <laughs>
2: which is good because he should, he could have been. Yeah. Um, and in fact, he was actually really clever, very, very intelligent man. And so he started chatting with me. He said, look, he said something very profound. So, you know, he's really good friends with JJ Abrams and started, you know, showing me that, you know, some stuff with him and JJ together, obviously, because the Star Wars, the Force Awakens was shot on uh, Kodak's yeah, as was Wonder Woman and uh, all these other movies. And he said, he said something very profound to me, which just, for the guy who did the world's first digital film, was amazing. He said, just have a look at all the movies right now making money. And the, the movies who make the biggest profit have all been shot on film. And I thought, huh? Are you serious? I said, all the successful – I mean, so then I thought about it. And I thought, you know, the movies that are being loved right now. So he said – he started listing them off. He said, Dunkirk. Shot on film. film it? Yeah. And everyone loves it. Nobody's criticizing it, you know, um, and making money. Wonder Woman, shot on film. All right. Huh. Force Awakens, shot on film. And by the way, Force Awakens looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Yep. And he just started doing a big list of all these movies. And he said, film will make, I forget his quote, film will make an average movie good and will make a good movie great. And I thought, hmm, he's really digging me bad. And he, he's so – so it was true, you know. And, I mean, I, 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 I had this real moment where it was like, is the universe telling me to go go back to shooting film? You know, is – is? and I started thinking about the cost of film. Yeah, it's expensive. But he, it was like the movies that people are really loving and resonating with the most right now have all been shot in film. Interstellar is another one. Um and if you ever look at the download specs on that thing, Interstellar is still one of the most downloaded movies uh, to this day, even right now. You know, so even the even the pirates are, are downloading this movie. And I thought to myself, what is the deal with that? You know, why is film? And that's why I had to watch Excalibur, by the way, because it's you know it's glorious. Um, shot on really bad film stock but oh my god it's wonderful
0: with the film thing though is that because the audience you know the audience members generally don't go in and go i'm going to watch this because it was shot on film and i'm not a fan of digital but are they just subconsciously you know enjoying the film more because there is something different about the film that they're not aware that they're seeing
2: well, this is what I'm questioning. Hmm. See, now here's, here's the thing. He then he, and he, he emailed me afterwards. It's really nice guy, as I said, to talk to somebody small like me. It's, it's kind of interesting because you know he spends he hangs around JJ and all these other people and stuff. And and he then emailed me this information. It said, look, look at the numbers of Dunkirk. Everybody is going to this, at least in Los Angeles, I guess in the major cities. Everybody's going to the 70 millimeter screenings. Yep. nobody and the IMAX film screenings and nobody's going to the digital screenings. And I went, Oh, and he showed me the numbers and it's like, he's right. It's so interesting. So I do believe there is a, there are people out there. I don't know. I've never met them <laughs> who know what film is and appreciate a film being shot on film and would rather go out of their way to see a movie in 70, 70 millimeter than to, uh, you know, see a film in digital because You know, it's just one of those things. Um, And and, and that's the numbers on Dunkirk, is people want to see a film shot in film, on film, projected in the theatre. Yeah, Uh, I mean,
0: you remember when Force Awakens came out, there was a big thing about it's practical. And people were, in general, film fans were getting very excited because mm -hmm. they they were all going to be practical effects, practical models, and they built this and they built that. So, yeah, it, it has sort of dripped over into the... To the everyday film person, I think.
2: Which is- you know that was a you know that's a lie, don't you?
0: <laughs> well, I think the major- there was a lot more practical in it than there could have been. You know, for say like Avatar or something. But
2: oh yeah, you, well, know, you see like BB-8
0: thing. driving around and stuff, rather than just the visual effects like Jar Jar Binks's head or whatever.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Well, they did actually did account on uh, on on Force Awakens. It's actually less less. It's the prequels were more practical than their force awakens when they would actually did the count on visual effects Oops. uh i know it's it's Oops. really bizarre but i get his point no yep. the point was uh you know we're going to do some real you know real stuff real i mean I, you know, I, I know they've overlaid the explosions with additional stuff, yeah. and that's that's okay, you know.
0: And you're but, not going to have a real life, you know, full size Millennium Falcon flying above people's heads or anything, but you know, generally oh. when people run up a ramp and close a door, as Harrison yeah. Ford's leg like, can testify, it was a real door. It
2: was a real door. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, it, if you look at the movie just as a movie, it did look good. And it's funny because I've watched, I, I thought about this, and I thought, okay, let's compare. You know, let's. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump the mic. Let's compare films. Uh, Let's compare Force Awakens to Rogue One. Uh, And and I'll ask you this question. You know, just just as a movie go, forget about being a fan or this or that. What did you enjoy more? You know, what what, what gave you – what helped you escape more? Which film helped you escape more?
0: Force Awakens, without a doubt.
2: Interesting. Um, Interesting. Because the other film was shot on digital. Yeah.
0: (laughs) For me, I don't know what it was about Rogue. I think it was just – there wasn't a nostalgia thing for me on that, and I remember when I watched *Force Awakens* and the, the shot when Ray looks to the to, looks to her right and sees the Falcon, gave me goosebumps. Or when yeah. you know you see three PO and R2, it takes you back to your childhood. But when I watched *Rogue One*, it was just kind of like this new thing that I knew where it was headed. Didn't really know where the well I knew where the story was headed because oh, I wonder if they get the plans. Who knows? I think they might. So there was no nostalgia or no anticipation. Did and you feel yeah, that now th- I'm getting super excited for the last Jedi when that comes out then because I don't know what the story is going to expand yeah. into.
2: Also shot on film, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, do you feel that the fact that it was shot on film helps you resonate with the characters more? That's the big question.
0: <laughs> yeah, not consciously, but maybe I know. Sub- maybe subconsciously, maybe it's like, hmm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm being duped.
2: But well here's no. my theory. Here's my theory. Um, okay, you're gonna like this because I've been thinking about this, and I mean, I you know I'm so gobsmacked. I really have an awakening in my life, and this Kodak, the head of Kodak, gave me an awakening. I I I, I think he's kind of right. Uh, I also think that what happens is when you're on set and you're shooting film, there's a whole little vibe going on, and a level of respect, and you know, it puts the actors into a certain mode. When you are shooting film, because it's kind of it's a slower process than shooting digital, you know, unless you've got a really good crew. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> good luck finding that. But <laughs> generally speaking, um, there's some sort of special moment when film starts rolling through the through the through the uh, the camera, and maybe there's a there's a it goes back to an age old tradition of a uh, you know hundred years back, and and here we are again shooting on film and this magic happens inside the actor's brain and it's like, I know we're shooting film and blah, blah, blah. And this and that. So I'm, I'm now going out of my way. Uh, I, by the way, I think part of it is going back on that is also to do with the lenses you shoot on, but I'm now going out of my way. I'm going to try to instill in the next bits of shooting. I do to pretend that I'm shooting film and try to instill that feeling that we are shooting on film, (laughs) even though we're shooting on the red. Um, to try to see what, what it is, to try to explore this idea. And I'm going to pretend that I'm, I'm back to shooting film. I'm going to treat it like we're shooting film uh, because, you know, every time you roll a bit of film, it costs money. And I don't think it's about the money. I just think there's something solemn about the moment when film starts running through the camera. That it. So I'm going to just play with that idea to the point then when I get a proper budget for another movie, yeah, I probably will try and shoot on film next time because it's just something fancy about it. But I... You know, I uh I, I I'm trying to understand what the reasoning behind it, you know, and and um it's it's something sacred going on. I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer, but I think the audience perceive something looks different yeah. and they don't know why. And there's some subconscious vibe going on behind somebody's brain. I mean I, I, you know, I go back to the time when I first shot digital and cut on a nonlinear system. This is ninety seven. And I I looked at the image and I thought, oh, it looks like a, you know, I didn't like, I used Panasonic cameras because I didn't like Sony cameras. And I looked at it and thought, this looks mm, not good. So I added, I shot 35 mil film stock just on black and I actually put the grain over the top of the video image to make it look more like film. So, you know, even then. And I felt that once the film was overlaid, the film came to life. It just suddenly looked magical again. So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess there's some sort of weird sort of stuff I'm trying to ev- evoke in my head. Um, and, uh, you know, I I, I I can't answer the t- the truth on this. but And I don't think you know. I don't think anybody really knows the, the, the reality except maybe the head of Kodak. You know, maybe he's onto something.
0: Maybe it's along the same lines of, you know, you watch some of the earlier James Bond films, like the Roger Moore type ones, and a car <laughs> would jump a river, and it was an actual car jumping an actual river and it was great and we were so excited and we loved it yet you you take that and yeah. you do it cg nowadays and yet there there isn't there's something there's definitely something different there and i think if you took yeah. exactly the same shot but you cg'd it so somebody didn't know which was which i still think instinctively they would know the difference between the practical one and the cg one even if you didn't label it and go that one's this and that one's that
2: yeah, you know, yeah, I, you know it's, it's, I, think, I think that's a big part of it because we're so uh, what's the word, reticent to start, you know, using um, uh, CG. I mean, I am the worst culprit of that, you know, shot a whole movie on green screen. And yeah, that was start one and two. And, you know, nothing against the actors, but the acting performances weren't that great. Yeah. And I think a part of that was to do with the fact that it was all in on green screen. except for one we had one spaceship set that we built it was but you know it was a green screen film and uh you know it's i i I noticed the difference when i can get an actor out on location um and really do the stuff on location it does make a difference to the performance so i think it's the next step beyond that is shooting film brings you back to the old days of movie making i don't know and that's why like with the time war i'm trying to do as much practical as possible that's what uh, I love
0: about, it. well, one of the many things I love about Rogue Warrior as well is the fact yeah. that, you know, Tracy's running down a mountain. I know yeah. Tracy's running down a mountain. You know, the sun's yeah. belting down and cooking her. I know that, that you know, <laughs> poor woman's running down a mountain, getting melted by the sun. Yeah. And sort of the voyeur part of us is like, hey, she's like running an actual mountain and it's, it's well hot. So Ow. it's just, I don't know, We I think as a film fan, definitely appreciate the fact that that's not a green screen shot type thing
2: yeah it, it could be that you know I, I i'm 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 exploring this you know pretty heavily right now mind you now you know here, here's the here's a situation uh with the time war and i mean i'm, I'm gonna announce to you this is not official yet and it may you know not go through but it looks like we've got uh next week once we get in the can or we'll make an official announcement um so i, I won't I'm just going to bury this comment until, you know. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you anyway. Uh so we got we got Daniel Logan who played Boba Fett in Star Wars episode 2. Okay. Yep. Uh in the in the time war now, which we're going to shoot next week. Uh I never should announce this, but here's the dilemma I had. He's a sweet guy. I love this kid and I've known him since, you know, he uh, it was a point where he, it was him, myself and Ray Park who played Darth Maul. We went to um the affliction store I got some free t-shirts because they were back then they were giving you know celebrities and pretend celebrities like myself um, uh, free clothing I hung out with them so I got I got to go in on it nice. and you know they're, they're both really nice guys and I've you know thought Daniel was such a sweetheart a really nice person ever since and uh, so you know I finally got had something for him I said dude you know let's where are you living right now let's do a let's stick you in a film so we got him in a you know really cool little role in the film, uh, and I wanted to take him out to the desert and shoot in real locations. And then I look at him and go, um, "It's going to be 115 degrees Fahrenheit this week, and I can't take this this sweet kid out into the desert and punish him." So uh, I, I have to shoot locally, and you know, not, I'm actually not going to do much green screen with him. But you know, we're going to have to shoot around Malibu where it's cold. And uh, that's why I'm building the part of the time submarine. It's, it's in the film, we've got these giant submarines and, uh, uh, you know, basically to have people standing on top of the submarine, I've got sometimes we shoot on real submarines and sometimes we have movie set submarines that are still outside in the weather. But it's it's a it's a physical prop. So and I'm not green screening him in. So I'll let you know how that goes.
0: Definitely. Good luck with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we're just trying to get another famous... Well, not famous. I don't care about fame, but, you know,
0: somebody... Another, another name.
2: yeah, A good name who will help bring attention to the movie, shall we say. Uh,
0: in, in the- that's the way it all works now, doesn't it? And I, it's, I see why filmmakers and distribution companies and stuff do that. But there's so many good films out there that have a cast that nobody's ever heard of. They're really good films, but nobody talks about it. Everybody seems to to need to uh, you know this this film's here and it's got this person who was in that film you've heard of that film so therefore watch them in this other one and it's like Argh! sometimes it does infuriate me but
2: well yeah okay <laughs> you're getting onto one of my favorite beefs right now <laughs> so there's the notion of these star trek fan films that have been done yeah and uh i i was loosely involved with one you know to help somebody out briefly uh and I don't want to name the guy because you know I I don't want to give this guy any attention. But, okay, um, you know that what they do uh, that they will get some of the, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but some of the there has been actors who are in Star Trek, yeah. and as I said, I'm not trying to be demeaning. Just they had their moment and they peaked, and now they're doing Star Trek fan films. Yeah. The moment they do a Star Trek fan film, I cannot use these people because a fan film is given away for free. And it means that actor is, is worth nothing beyond their Star Trek fame. So for me to use an actor who was once in Star Trek, you know, a TV series of Star Trek, uh, and I go to sell that movie, the distributors say, Nope, we don't want that because that person's giving their, their name away for free for, you know, for a fan film. So it's kind of ended their career as far as being, you know, serious contenders, which is why we avoid the Star Trek actors. Um, and, uh, you know, generally speaking you know if, if they're all over the place doing these kickstarter and fan movies that resemble star trek uh, i will be put in the same category so we have to avoid those actors which is kind of strange except for daniel of course but he's he's not doing many fan films or anything daniel's just a nice kid who's really a nice actor and you know um but generally we avoid them so we we look for actors who are really well-known actors from other movies like you know the hobbit or from uh you know blade 2 or something, you know, that's that's where we try we, we try to avoid the sci-fi actors because they're um, what they're doing is by by doing all these fan films they're kind of watering down their uh their image. You know, they they're not exclusively doing only good projects. And we're looking for the actors who only want to do good projects. Do
0: you think and anybody it, ever takes these actors to one side, going seriously, don't do this film fan because this'll happen to you or are they just well, Did seem to should. be aware of it?
2: Somebody should. But see, here's mm. the thing: they're, they're advised by managers and agents.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now,
2: I, I i i will take I will take these these managers and agents to task because I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Of, you know, because we're casting again right now for um, something in the Time War, a really good role actually, and uh, they will take they will they will take the they will they will contact us and say. Well, you really should put this guy in his, this movie because uh, once this guy was attached to another movie, the just the movie made an extra fifty thousand dollars. So therefore, you should give us ten to twenty thousand dollars for this actor. I <laughs> uh, said so that's yep. that's that's crap. Yeah, that is not true. And I mean, you know, for example, there'd be a guy who was just in, um, and this is not the example, but a guy who was in who was the bad guy in the Karate Kid, for example. Yeah. Um. You know, it's like yeah, come on. Dude, but that, 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 that these managers are stupid enough to think that that's true. It's actually not true because nobody's going to say, "Oh, you've got that guy from the Karate Kid." I'm going to give you an extra fifty thousand dollars for the US. You know that's rubbish. It's got nothing to do with that whatsoever. And you know they're lying, although they're they're misguided. <laughs> and yeah. we, we we get that stuff all the time. And then we get actors who say, "I'm actually somebody." Just so you know, I'm famous in Germany, or I'm famous here, I'm famous there. And they'll come to us with that that notion, and you'll go look at their numbers on IMDb Pro. That IMDb Pro is the professional part of the Internet Movie Database um, website, where you can actually see the numbers that they rate you out of, well, not out of ten. They they rate you in order of your fame, so you can see actually how famous somebody is because you know it's how many hits they get online and everything else. And I, for example, would float between. 50,000, this week I think it was 37,000. So I was the 37,000th most, uh, most famous person on the planet, which is quite healthy for a director.
0: That's very good. So a lot of people on the planet, it's a lot of filmmakers, 37,000 is very good.
2: Yep. You know, 3,700 would be amazing, but it doesn't really matter, to be honest, but it does when you're trying to get a, an idea. So then you get these actors, you oh, know, I'm actually somebody famous, and then you go on their number, and they're, they're 100,000 or 200,000. It's like, yeah, sure you are. Um, <laughs> and they'll name drop, and they'll lie about, you know, who they've met and who they work with and and all this rubbish. And it's, it's constant. And they don't realize it's – people see through their, their, their bullshit. They think they've got to bullshit their way in because they, they're not legitimate enough. And uh, then you get these other actors who are super humble and super nice who just want to work. And, and they've been in legitimate stuff. So you're kind of having to, to navigate through all these people and then these managers. Let me tell you, nine times out of ten, managers mess it up for the actors. Yeah, I, I swear yeah. in the negotiation. They just start playing games. And what they don't realize is they're playing games with people who've made a bunch of movies and know way more than they do, and, and know that their actor is not worth this and that, and, and you know, they they should. Yeah, and yet they'll advise that those same actors are going to go and do um, uh, you know, a fan film because it's got the name Star Trek after it, not realizing that it's, once you do that, the distributors say no to you, you know, to the actor, because yeah, distributors will say we don't want this actor because he's he's done this, um, the kiss of death right now is uh you know and he's a nice guy eric roberts yeah if you put him in your film it's very hard to get a sale wow you know because he does everything and it's that perception so you cannot put it's like it's better that you put a no-name actor in a film than eric roberts you know unless it's with a big ensemble cast it's a different story but you know if, if he's your star no, nobody cares you might as well put a nobody in there because he's oh, he's deluded his um his his branding now he was a funny one he was i mean i i i have to laugh laugh my ass off um we had this actor who was in we were, we were trying to cast in a film who was in game of thrones i can't name him yeah but
0: uh, a very very tiny role <laughs> i think to be honest i think there's only me and you that haven't been in game of thrones i know so many people that have been in game of thrones of various you know very. i know a couple who have been in pretty big roles um yeah. And then I know a few who have been in it, and I can't remember ever seeing them in the show, and I need to go back at some point and try and find them. Lovely people, but it's like, yeah. nope, can't remember you in there, so, you know. Well,
2: knows? this is one of those guys, you know, and yeah. I mean, God bless him, you know, he's never done an acting acting class in his life, or well, I mean, he might have, but I, I didn't <laughs> see any evidence of it. And, you know, he was a more of a, I mean, he was actually a really nice guy, he was a muscle guy, but... um you know it was like we couldn't use him for anything because he just can't act and i mean you know honestly he 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 could in his i'm sure he thinks he's a natural but you know he can do a few lines here and there and grunt and whatever and fight with a sword that's good yeah. but when it comes to real acting i mean i mean real acting you know i don't mean this you know they think they can act the guy we couldn't use him for anything so we we offered him a you know double, we, i even wrote some lines for him and then he says oh i i'm terribly sorry but i have to decline because i i you know uh, my career's on the up and uh, i i can't be seen to do anything less than what i've already done you know it would destroy my career it's like dude <laughs> your, your career is not happening <laughs> and i you know and it's like really so then we 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 just get we went, went and hired somebody else who was actually even more famous than him uh, who just said, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. You know, somebody you've actually heard of. So it was kind of – it's kind of the attitude of some of these people. You know, it's like they – they all these actors think they're king shit. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, we get a 1,000 messages a day and I, I get these actors who I've met once and they'll text me or they'll – oh, remember me, we met. They never say hello to me or want to hang out have coffee except when we're casting for a film.
0: Then <laughs> they're your best friend.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and it's like you know and I will that is I will not talk to these people because it's like you know okay you want to be a friend be a friend you want to be you know professional be a professional but you want to be a whore and just contact me when there's a job well you know we're not friends
0: so I haven't seen you in ages I just happened to have the script in my back pocket I just thought you know what a coincidence I've just bumped into (laughs) you
2: it's yeah. amazing, you know. <laughs> but that's that's kind of how it is, you know. And I, I just like the guys who, you know, you meet them and they're really nice and they're straight people. Um, it's it's just how how actors are. They, they're, you know, it's, it goes with the this, the territory. You have to have an ego to to be good, you know. But it's like you don't have to bullshit your way because when you're dealing with people, you know, who've been in the industry a long time, they can smell you a mile away and they just go, "Yep, next." Yeah. You know, it's 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 how the game is.
0: That's why um, I've uh, I've had people like that with the sort of stuff I do where you know, the, the filmmakers will approach me and go, oh, I love what you and your, your crew do or whatever. I'm like, it's not a crew. It's just me doing it from a bedroom. And they go, oh, thanks for being honest. I'm not like, well, I'll go back to my office tomorrow and I will knock up this, that and the other for you. I just go, yeah, I'm just kind of winging it and I do it because I like it and all that sort of stuff. And I think they genuinely appreciate the the honesty I, I wouldn't have the nerve to bullshit people and go oh i've this is my master plan and this has been in the making for years <laughs> nope i'm just uh i'm letting the wind blow me wherever it takes me so
2: yes That's yes fun. but do, i mean you've you probably had these problems but you've you've been dealing with a lot of smaller celebrities and um you know uh bigger celebrities and do you notice a difference between Definitely. you know yeah what is the difference what do you see
0: well, I've had people where the, one of the Game of Thrones people that I mentioned, he was on Facebook and he had quite a big role up. In, well, not not a big role. He was like one of the main. wasn't in the titles or anything, but he was in quite a lot of episodes. And he, he departed around season four. And he was doing a Facebook call. He was saying, "Right, I'm cutting down." So I messaged him and went, "You know, it'd be a shame." I understand why you're deleting a lot of people just you know, stay on Twitter or whatever and good luck with all you do. And If you ever need anything, give me a shout. And you went, "Oh no, I'm not going to delete you because delete you, you treat me like a human being and I quite like that. You don't treat me like a, f- a fan person or whatever. I'm like, okay. So he and I are still friends. And yeah, I've had others who just will not respond to emails because <laughs> they look <laughs> at you and go, ooh, podcaster. No, oh. sorry. Um, I had, well, while you were talking about managers and agents before, there was somebody who... Who was in a you know a, a massive film for me is in childhood who I'm kind of friends with. I've never met her, but I've spoke to her quite a lot on social media and stuff, and when I was pitching the spending time with episodes, I sent one of the very few messages to her, and she gave me her manager's email address and said, "Can you you know just pass it through him and what you do proper channels and stuff, but it all sounds great, and blah blah blah. So a couple of months after she messaged me back and she said, "Did you ever send that stuff through?" To the manager, went well. Yeah, I sent it to her about 15 minutes after he gave me his email address. And the manager looked at it, decided it wasn't for her, and passed on it without telling me and without even mentioning it to her. Wow. So it's like, or the, the, the famous James Wood stories where he fired his agent because he was offered a part in Reservoir Dogs, and his agent never even bothered mentioning it to him. Wow! Because somebody went up to James Woods and went, "Do you regret turning down the role?" And he's like, "What role?" He went, "Well, you were supposed to be the Harvey cartel role in Reservoir Dogs." He's like, "Was I?" And he did some digging and found out his manager at the time looked at this thing as a small indie film, it wasn't really a big commission. And you know, James Woods fired his agent and his manager, got rid of him. Yeah. So, but. I don't know, generally as a publicist, I don't really get snarky people coming at me because the last thing you want to do is annoy somebody who will just go on Twitter with no <laughs> financial... You know, if I go on and start ranting and raving about somebody, there's no financial loss to me. My company's right. not going to go belly up because there isn't one. Yeah. So they are usually pretty kind.
2: Yeah, and they should be, you know. It's it's one of those things. Um, you know, and for, for us, it's, it's... You know, we, we just, like... You know so we you know producers and producers and myself like nice people real people who communicate in a straight yeah. and most people most actors lack this ability and if they can't be that way they can't be really honest with their feelings they can't act in my opinion because they can't be real on camera so we're we're always looking for those and it's so hard to find us be honest it's much easier to find those types in England. Um, though I have worked with some actors in England who are complete douchebags, yeah, and I've
0: I, met a couple. So.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> My God, they're so far up their own asses. But um, generally, you know, a gen, gen, uh, g- generally speaking, it, it's that's the rule for me: is, is if a person is real um, and can be honest with you, then. Uh, they're more likely to get hired, and they're more likely to stay on your radar. You know, and uh, you know, I It is. It's like you, it's like finding hens' teeth. You, When you find a good actor, you hold on to them for dear life, and you know they come back. And they're that's all you want. You just want a professional. But you know, any actors out there who listen to this podcast, it, 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 I know it sounds that's all it takes, but it, it seriously comes down to that. Sometimes a level of honesty and openness goes beyond anything else you know and if, if I, I can't handle the bullshit you know but see people don't know when they're being honest some people live in such a lie for so long that they can't they cannot they don't even realize they're living a lie you know it's like timmy on on uh, south park you know <laughs> yeah. you know you know he goes he's actually saying living a lie living a lie that's that's what timmy says and I, you know, I, 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 there's such a, there's such a, there's such weird messages in South Park. And I hear that and I thought, that's pretty much everyone and not everyone, that's pretty much 50% of Hollywood. They're living a lie. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating as a, as a human study, as a human condition thing. And okay, here's the other thing, you're in Hollywood. Um, I'm not, I'm not in Hollywood, by the way, I'm outside, but I drive past the director's guild building and there's a little cafe next door. And there's all these uh, actors hanging out, thinking they're going to meet a director, and then oh, here's a script. I saw you across the room. And, <laughs>
0: I've been uh, a big fan of you for years.
2: Yes, whoever you are. And also, those same people will go to the American Film Market, and hang out in the, in the foyer downstairs. You know, and it's funny because I've I've met these people, and it's the same people group of people just go around. They just like to hang out, and you know, but when you actually really go to them and talk to them. And say, okay. Send me your stuff. They, they rarely do this. <laughs> they're, they they're, they're, they're more interested in just pretending that they're doing the right job and they don't want to succeed, but because they, they, you know, they kind of, they don't play the game right. And I say to every actor I meet, okay, you want to get, you know, work on me, you know, every six months, send me a message, say hi, you know, whatever, just chat with me. And you know, if you're, if you're real about this profession, I'm always casting, we're always looking, just keep at me, every, and nobody ever does it, except one person, yeah. but nobody ever does it, because they just don't understand to run it as a business, I think it's some some magic, and some ego magic stuff that happens, you know, and if I bullshit enough people, anyway, sorry, I, I, I shouldn't harp on about bad actress. God bless them, I need, I I need every, every single one of them.
0: <laughs> there was, um, one, of, one of my sort of funny stories is there was one, that when I lived down south in Northampton a couple of years back there was I still did all the film publicity and I was closer to London so I met up for lunch one day with this guy who wanted to let me have a look at an advanced screening of his film and you know, so he knew who I was and I knew who he was so we just sort of met up and had lunch and stuff. And he was saying, So what's your plan? You know, to where are you gonna take all this stuff? I'm like, to be honest, no idea. I haven't got a clue. Started off doing podcasts, ended up doing publicity, blah blah blah. I'm enjoying the direction I'm headed, but this ain't no master plan or whatever. And I think I'd mentioned to him, I said, oh, years ago. And by that, I mean 1996 to about 99. When I worked at the video store, I thought, I'm going to write some scripts. I'm bored. I've got eight hours. It's quiet. It's a Tuesday. Nobody's writing films. I'm going to write some screenplays. So I'd sort of mentioned this. Oh, what did you do with them? I went, well. You know, I sent them off to Miramax thinking I was gonna get a letter and they'd go, Brilliant, really? we love it, have a million pounds. <laughs> but it didn't but it didn't happen for some reason. So I thought, you know what, I like the writing part more than I like the actual trying to sell this stuff part, so I just kinda of put it down and stopped. And anyway, Oh, have you still got them? And I'm like, Well, I've still got some of them somewhere. Well, like, Oh, can I have a look at one? So I had to pitch these things to him and he there was one of them I mentioned and he went, Oh, I like it sounded I'm like, really? Okay. Fair enough. Can I have a look at him? I, I won't worry about it. And I, I did everything I could to put him off. <laughs> because it's like, well, that's not where I am now. I'm not yeah. trying to write something and then make it. I just wrote these things like a decade before. stuck up in a drawer and it was fun and I enjoyed it and stuff. And he ended up taking it because he just would not sort of take no for an answer but i did everything i could to go no no don't worry about it. it's fine it's not very good anyway don't worry about it it's fine it was years ago and i gave up on it and I, to be honest i've not even finished it yet and he just kept pestering, <laughs> and eventually he read it and i didn't hear back from him but uh, <laughs> yeah so other than me going oh it's the best pizza best script you'll ever read it's amazing and i can't believe nobody's made it i'm like no i don't want to <laughs> give it to you <laughs> well, when, so, when I when cool. I
2: hear that line, I go, I know it's going to be crap. <laughs> yeah, and I hit him with questions. You know, I, I'll hit him up. Um, I'll I'll sit there. You know, people hate it when I, I I'm very straight. I said, look, this is what the market wants right now. You want to do it right now? Do a disaster film, but it's yeah. got to have this, this, and this. Oh, I've written a disaster film, but it's more of a character drama. Two people, you know, two, two people in a room. Well, it's not going to sell. I'm sorry, I can't even read your script. You know that that's the truth. But they, you know, you've got to. The market wants what the market, you know, demands, and it's in the sense that, uh, you know, my sales agent will tell me, tell me, right now they need dragon films. I said, oh, okay, (laughs) got to make a dragon film. Or you know, I, I haven't had the heart to do that yet, but that's usually how it goes. Or right now, disaster film will make the most money. It's because he knows what the distributors are asking for. And at the end of the day, if you get a you know, you can make a great drama. I would love to do a drama, but I'm not going to make any money.
0: That's the thing is that it would be, I mean, what you do is a far more expensive version of what I'm about to suggest, but it's like, you know, people want hamburgers. Well, I'm going to open up a chip shop. Mm -hmm. People don't want chips. You want hamburgers. Nope. I want to make chips. Well, people are not going to buy them. They will because they're the best chips in the world. People want hamburgers. They're going to go looking for a hamburger joint, aren't they? So it's like, yeah. Well,
2: it's, yeah. A lot of it. it's like opening a, a, a pork pie shop in the Jewish Jewish district of London. <laughs> exactly. you know? It's not going to do really well. So, <laughs> so uh, the I mean, obviously, on it, the outside.
0: You're going to go, go bankrupt.
2: You can torture all the all the Jewish people uh, by then, constantly cooking bacon <laughs> on the sidewalk and the smell of it. <laughs>
0: There was a news story over here where there was a farm, and this is pretty recent, and there was a farm, and all these little piglets were inside, and the barn was starting to burn down, and it was horrible, because all these pigs were screaming, so the, the local firemen all showed up, and they burst into this barn and rescued all the piglets, yay, well done firemen, and the farmers were so impressed that they killed the piglets, made them into bacon for the firemen. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that story. It's
2: like they could have had those sausages if they just left them burnt to burn.
0: Exactly, it's like burn. It would have saved something. I, I saw
2: it, that. But... I, I saw that news article, and I was shocked because I mean, yeah, you know, I used to eat meat and 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 I liked bacon. Um, it's just kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i'm telling people a story and you go and the piglets got saved and they go yay i'm like no bear with me <laughs> This is kind of like the mist <laughs> this is not a pleasant ending the piglets died anyway
2: Yeah. So, can you imagine if if human beings were treated that way you know by by an advanced race how horrifying it would be for us
0: crazy. to you we'd, know we'd soon complain wouldn't we
2: oh my there'd be, there'd be a war <laughs> exactly you know? It'd be like the greatest war humanity's ever known against these, these alien invaders who just want to eat us.
0: Yeah, I've been wanting
2: to make that movie for a long time, just so you know.
0: Like silent so. green, but more graphic. Yeah. Yes. With dragon, you have to put dragons in it though.
2: Exactly. That, and that
0: is where it's all headed. Dragons. Yes.
2: Exactly. Oh, Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I okay. So I, I told you I had some news, um, and this is not official news again. And it's we are in negotiation for. Um, rogue warrior to come out in the uk uh which is really nice it is and it, it, believe it or not if if it happens it'll be a censored version we had to cut one scene out in the film with it's the not, it's uh,
0: not when my name appears on the credits because that would suck there's no yeah, that, creative it, reason just to black my name <laughs> out at the end <laughs> yes
2: yeah, no it's it was the the sexy scene the love scene in oh. the film Uh,
0: See, that's weird because we're quite open on stuff like that over here. I mean, we don't do it in the streets or go jogging in G-strings or whatever, but we're quite liberal when it comes to sex scenes and stuff.
2: Well, I think because he wants to go on the shelves in uh, Tesco and stuff, you know, and you want to buy the movie for your your son or daughter, they kind of want to make sure it's safe, for you know, for for children. Um, You know, even though we have the mention that, you know... (laughs) um, (laughs) I, I was a sex. I was your father's sex machine. You know that. That's okay. But <laughs> yes, heaven forbid if we showed side side boob or anything yes, like no that.
0: side boob. We want do not tolerate side boob in Tesco. Oh. Yes, <laughs>
2: but that's you know that's okay. So I'm am waiting for that to go through. Um, hopefully that'll happen for us, um, which makes me very happy because you know it should be released in the UK. Um,
0: me very happy because none of my DVD players or Blu-ray players at the minute are multi-region. So it's like, damn it.
2: Yeah, well I just you know just so you know, a <clears throat> whispering to you about this. Um uh, they're all re- they are they are all region free.
0: Even better. I
2: should be placing yeah. my order then. Well, yes, but really? but stand by, you know. They they're, oh. we we well here's now here's what's coming out in Japan. So they're releasing Rogue Warrior in Japan, which is very nice. Um which I sent you the artwork for. We haven't released the artwork yet, but the
0: artwork's it's, amazing. Do you, know uh, that, do you okay. not look at that and go, "Wow, I want yeah. that really big on my wall." I, I'm going to. <laughs> don't well, don't actually, blame me. Very. I've
2: cool. got I've got the artwork actually on my phone as my screensaver. Nice. Uh, so um, You know, it's a uh, yes. We'll release the art artwork very soon, but it just looks so cool. Sometimes the Japanese do complete crap art. And you say what the what, you know what the hell Japan and other times they they do amazing amazing work you know the humanities end poster art is incredible it's bizarre but incredible and um, I, so I'm kind of excited about that but here was the other one now I, as you probably know I, I did a film again we, we're in negotiation right now so I, I can't say for sure but we did a film in uh, well, I shot a film in the UK in 2012 called Doomsday. And um, there, there's a Neil Johnson who did Doomsday, and there's a Neil Marshall who did so Doomsday.
0: My but friend Chris Conway is in Doomsday, the Neil Marshall
2: one. I know. Was- I, I don't know. I, it's strange how everyone's going to get confused. And I.
0: <laughs> edit. Yep.
2: Whatever. The, the film was called Cronenort. Then it was called Death Machine. Now it's Doomsday. So, uh, and I've done a. Um, when I was last in the UK, I shot some aerial shots, uh, you know, to, for the film, and I have changed the cut a bit and kind of improved it a bit and i did that for myself thinking i'll just do a self-release and then i told my sales agent he said well actually the uk are very interested in doomsday i said thank god because you know finally i'll get to make a profit on that film um so that may be coming out soon too which if it does i'll let you know i'll be very yeah. very excited to have uk releases
0: so i right so will i
2: yeah, yeah. So Instead I don't know I can, I can
0: put it next to Neil Marshall Doomsday and just confuse yes. people. Like, Why do you got the same film? It's not yes. the same film. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I know it's very it's very odd, but you know that that's fine. So that's that's my two exciting bits of news. Um, nice. Now, uh, oh, now this is another one. Okay, so there's this guy called Thomas Kent Miller, who writes books. He's he's also a former NASA scientist. Or current? I'd, actually, he might be current or former. I don't know. Um, me, no, he's a former employee of NASA, and he's a magazine editor, um, and he's written a bunch of books. And he's very cool. I've never met this guy, but um, another friend of mine, another journalist actually, um, uh, who writes for the sci-fi magazine, told him about one of my films, Alien Dawn because it's Alien Dawn is, in fact, a retelling of War of the Worlds. Um, yep. And if anyone knows me well enough, and they know that I'm a freak. I'm an f- obsessed freak about the planet Mars. Um, and I always try to have the, the planet Mars included in many of my movies. So he decided – this guy wrote a book called Mars in the Movies, A History. Mm-hmm. And on the cover is uh, The Martian, you know, that new film. Uh, yeah. Ridley Scott's Martian, *The Martian* and a trip to Mars, which was the, one of the first movies ever made, yep. was a film about planet Mars. You know, so it's showing the history of all the, the movies that have gone to the planet Mars. Um, and he he was really nice to include my film in it. You know, in, in a real print book, by the way, which is really nice. Yeah, and do a nice and actually gave a really nice write up. He says, "I don't understand why everyone's bagging this movie so badly. It's not a bad film. It's actually quite decent." And, uh, you know, he handles, you know, uh, for those who don't know, I did a movie called Alien Dawn. And it's a retelling of War of the Worlds. It was going to be a found footage type thing, but I kind of went off. I I thought, no, let's just do a regular movie. Um, And it's basically, you know, it is War of the Worlds, um, except it just takes place in modern times. But I don't call it War of the Worlds, and I don't ever say too much about it except that you know it's if you look at it, it is War of the Worlds completely there's Martian tripods there and everything else we just don't use the plan the word Mars and um, you no know, it was it was a lower one of my lower budget films but it, it worked out quite good and uh, I always wanted not to call it War of the Worlds because I was one day I'm going to do War of the Worlds though I have heard the BBC are going to tackle it soon I was like Argh. I need to direct uh, that. The,
0: the BBC have been saying that for years, though. Originally, around the time the Tom Cruise one came out, Steven Spielberg one, the BBC were going to tackle War of the Worlds. So they've been saying that for quite a while.
2: Oh, good. Okay. I was a bit, yeah, but it's going to happen one day, and I'm going to be like, Ugh. So So um, I, you know, I want to do War of the Worlds one day, and I want to do it exactly as the book is written and do it, you know, faithfully. But that's why I did Alien Dawn as a test run. And I needed to make some money, of course. So, you know, so be- that was that film did quite well. Um, that being said, you know, it's in this book, Mars and the Movies. And he, he, the, the guy's so sweet. You know, he, he gave such a nice write up to him. So, if anyone out there wants to buy a book about um, the planet Mars, it's actually a really well written book. I have read it. And I can honestly say it's. It's my bathroom book you know every time you're in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. I open it I read a page or two and I absolutely adore this book and I can't actually put it down because I'm, I'm, I'm excited just just to sit and open it up and it's called Mars and the Movies. It can be ordered on Amazon uh, Thomas Kent Miller and uh, printed by McFarlane press. So it's a real really properly printed book it's not a it's not a self-printed book you know it's and it's it's great. it covers all these old movies, so many movies you've never heard about. Um, you know about the planet Mars and it's it's he gives so much interesting information about you know the history of these films there's so much dirt in this book it's amazing
0: <laughs> that's what you it's what we really want though isn't it from books like that it's like just yeah. tell us stuff that makes somebody else look sound terrible exactly
2: we want well <laughs> not, you just want to know the truth yeah about movies you know and the stuff that goes oh my god the stuff that goes behind the scenes with me wow um, I can't wait for the Time War documentary because it will Nice. You know, it, it'll blow somebody away. But um, I had a similar situation with another film. You know, I once did. I had, the, you know, terrible behind-the-scenes stories. But it's uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just so nice to be actually recognised in print after all this time, especially when print is disappearing. You know, it's uh, sorry for the shameless plug and that bit of advertising, but you know,
0: nothing wrong with shameless plugs. I do it all the time on my. Yeah, so. yes. I have. Uh, I have uh, an actual. Book on my bookshelf and it's called VHS Video Cover Art and wow. I remember jeez like seven or eight years ago this guy called Thomas Hodge he used to design all the cover art for a lot of the indie movies and he contacted me because I'd, I'd put some tweets out. I used to work at a video store and he went, do you have too many pictures? So I went, oh, funnily enough, I have loads. Here you go. And he made me sign this sort of release form that he could use them in his book that was coming out. So I found a release form years and years later and I messaged him and went, whatever happened to that book? He went, what book? I went, the one that I sent you all the pictures for. He went, oh, that came out. I'm like, when? He went, a few years ago. I'm like, send wow. me a link so I actually purchased one of these books it's got all the full size cover arts of a lot of these classic 1980s movies and stuff like Cobra Cop and all this sort of stuff and in the back there is a couple of chapters on video stores and just the pictures of my own video store in there with my name oh on. So nice I actually have you were saying print is dying it kind of is but I too have a, a hardback book sat there so oh
2: that's magic it's hardback it's too
0: cool. it is definitely hardback mine is yep yeah.
2: Now, okay, jumping on to Tracy Bertzel, you know, who we always end up talking about, that actress who's in uh, Rogue Warrior, I believe. Well,
0: usually podcasts end up talking about you, so it's quite nice that I don't have to give <laughs> Neil Johnson a shout-out because you're doing that, so let's we'll focus on Tracy. Yes. Hi, Tracy. Well,
2: okay, her, her, um, her great-grandfather is Burt Lewis. and um, Now, he was a Disney composer in the th- 20s and 30s and 40s, now he wrote, believe it or not, because <laughs> she she found this out this week. Have you heard the song Hickory Dickory Dock? The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck, and the mouse ran down. Okay, he wrote so that. Wow. He wrote that song, and he also wrote Old King Cole. I, I did the music for it. I don't know if he wrote the words, but he did the music for it. But he wrote nice. all these famous nursery rhymes.
0: <laughs> That's kind of nuts, isn't it? It's like, isn't that bizarre? Wrote Hickory. To- it's one of those songs. It's a bit like Happy Birthday. You go. That's just always been around. That's yeah. you don't presume that somebody actually sat down and thought, "Hmm, this will work," <laughs> and they un- wrote it. So Hickory Dickory Dock. No. That's mental.
2: Isn't that bizarre?
0: <laughs> it's very bizarre.
2: I, I'm just. I know she's in the building. I'm just texting her. I heard. I hear footsteps upstairs. <laughs> so I'm going to see if she's around um, because we're either going to shoot today or build submarines. Well, I'm going to build okay. while she watches. No, she yeah. does. She does interviews, but. Um, I'm going to see if she's around to tell because it's it's the most bizarre thing. This is her grandfather, who wrote all these things. That's um, crazy! I've just texted her to see if she sure, if she's here. Um, but in the meantime, okay, okay, I got to tell you something. So I have a, a I, I run Macintoshes a lot of them, and my wonderful laptop, 17 inch computer, uh, last week decided it would die, and oh, uh, this is why I haven't been online much lately. It, it the video card went out in it and it's like it's got everything on it it's backed up but i was so upset $500 to fix so i read online believe it or not you can take your laptop uh, certain laptops apart if they have this fault you unscrew everything you literally strip the computer down to nothing and you have um you have uh the logic board yeah nothing else <laughs> and you hmm. take that logic board and you put it in the oven oh god yeah for 7 minutes <laughs> at four hundred degrees Fahrenheit and cook it and then you put it all back together. It takes an hour or two to put back together. <laughs> and it fixes it. And guess what? It worked.
0: It really it did. It I'd be like, really, I'm not quite sure you want to try that. It sounds I, a little bit Did you read that on Facebook? Is this where it says it happened and it's true? But I, I, it worked?
2: It works. Wow. And let me tell you I was terrified but then it was like it was broken anyway, so let's give it a go. So it worked. That's so terrible. I was so happy. But, see, meanwhile, I'd gone out and bought an iMac thinking that my computer's trash, so I've got another computer. So then, meanwhile, I, I take the iMac, and I very carefully get a special you know, tool, take up the screen, replace the, the hard drive in it, put a brand-new hard drive in it. And, um, you know, I think, oh, great, you know, now I've got, and I'm stuck with an iMac, so I'll sell the iMac. But the glue I used on the iMac screen to put it back up, so I came in the office in the morning – the whole screen had fallen off the front of the iMac and smashed and shattered oh. it. So, like, I've just spent $700 on this iMac and it's like, it's completely trash. I'm, I'm so upset, you know, because it's like, you know, I was happy that I fixed my, lap, my laptop and I thought, great, I'll sell the iMac at a profit and, you know, be very clever. Uh, and then the, the screen's completely smashed. It's like, man, you can't win in life sometimes. You, you
0: cannot know? put a broken screen in the oven and it'll fix it. I'm just letting you know that now.
2: Well, let Sorry. me tell you what I'm going to try <laughs> – I'm, I'm going to put a – because they're glued onto the actual LCD part. I'm going to take a heat gun to it. I'm going to try, to, I'm going to try and get it off and fix it. So, you know, it's just oh, – anyway. So, okay, Tracy Bertzell, I summoned her, ha- has arrived. Hang on one second. Um, can you still hear me?
0: I can. Do we have the granddaughter of Hickory Dickory Doc?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we're talking about can, – Tracy, can you explain about your – Grandfather, uh, great grandfather. Uh, He he wrote wrote Hickory Dickory Dock.
1: Hickory Dickory Dock and three little kittens, and just like oh, Old King Cole. Like I just found all this out. Like all I know is what's online. But these guys that are all you know, they've been involved in the Disney stuff for decades. They've all been sending me these things, and it says (laughs) lyrics and um, music by Bert Lewis, which is my great grandfather.
0: That's crazy, isn't it? Does that not blow your mind when you read that? You're like, hang on a minute.
1: <laughs> it absolutely blew my mind. So I went online and I pulled up the Silly Symphonies on YouTube and I'm pulling up all of these original, you know, nursery rhymes and scores from Disney. And I, it's just so fascinating to me because my mom used to talk all the time about her her grandfather. And she used to sit on, you know, Donald Duck's lap and about how, you know, how he used to compose and now I'm able to put all the pieces together and see the things that he did. And I'm like, this is really fascinating because, see, I'm the only creative person in the arts in my family. So I love finding that I have connection to, you know, other people in, in, in my family that were also very, very um, into the arts, you know.
0: Does that mean you can now run around in your movies and, sh- and sing Hickory Dickory Doc and not have to uh, pay license fees? <laughs> you need to look into that.
1: <laughs> I would think so. <laughs>
0: Just that'll, that'll appear in every project you do now there'll just be some sort of mention of Hickory Dickory Dock and Old King yeah. Cole and stuff
1: you know it's funny because we actually have a part in this next film where I have this little tiny bit where it's like a lullaby we might have to change that too oh, wow.
0: uh, definitely yep. <laughs> we have to get, we'll have to get here no insurance in case Disney come after us though.
1: yeah but how can they come after us?
0: they'll try he wrote. My great-grandfather wrote yeah. it. Go exactly. away. Leave me alone.
1: We're going to have a fist fight over this. You might have to Yeah. You know, we can ask Clint because he used to work with Disney.
2: Oh, okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Clint used to be yes. PR for Disney. That's how he's so good.
2: Clint, Clint is uh, Tracy's publicist, by the way. Who, Clint Morris. From Clint oh, Morris.
0: Clint's amazing. <laughs> But with my timeline, when I switched my Twitter thing on the other morning, it was like three different links to the press release for spending time with Tracy Words. All I'm like, "Oh my god, this is what other filmmakers feel like when they wake up and see articles about their old film. This is nuts."
1: Well, you know, I was looking at I was looking at that interview, and I thought, you know what? You put so much effort into that, and you were so excited about it, and I and I sent Clint over an email. I'm like, we need to give this a little boost in the press, you know, and I was so thrilled with how they did it. They're the ones who came up with what it was. I was just like, you know, do you think we could put something out there? And and it was was, they did a really nice job, didn't they?
0: They did an amazing job. It was somebody, um, because there's two mistakes that I did, not specifically with that one, but just in general. I released Experience in Comic Con and the two episodes of Spending Time With Too Close Together, Mm. which I've learned that lesson. I'm like, Remember that for next time. Thank you. What? And uh, and then but that's one of these experience things. You go, okay, now, yep, I saw the fallout for that one. That's fine. Um, and somebody watched the episode the other day, and he went, oh, really? That really interesting. And I love the way she was talking about this, that, and the other. But you were a little bit quiet at the beginning. I'm like, I know. I know I was quiet at the beginning. Thank you. <laughs> I learned so much from doing that that we'll get rectified in future episodes, like where to point the sound recorder is lesson yeah. number one. But thankfully, it was pointed towards you and not me. Yeah. I would rather hear me be quiet and you be perfectly clear than the other way around, because I'd feel really bad then. So,
1: Yeah, you could have done some ADR work, though. You could have just voiced yourself back in.
0: I did try. It was at the beginning I took the – because it's mainly at the very beginning where I'm quiet, and mm-hmm. I boosted the sound, and then it was this horrible – Background roar and I thought, well that's gonna annoy people then yeah. more than me being a little bit quiet. So it's one of those I'll have to bite the bullet on this occasion type things. You know but what the people t- are t- loving it, so
1: yeah the, you know what the nice thing is about YouTube is if you ever learn something as you go along, you can always fix it and just swap the video out and you don't lose your views and all that stuff.
0: That I didn't know. That was gonna be one of my questions to ask somebody at some point.
1: Yes, but you can. Mm, so I yeah, so anyway, if you ever have things you want to fix as you're going along, you can just, when you have a weekend and you're like, oh, I feel like fixing that, just do it and swap it out.
0: Brilliant. I can George Lucas that sucker.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. funny. But no, it's, uh, it was nice to wake up and see these press releases. i my like, people are talking about this thing that I did. That's insane. Know, Normally, it's the the way around. I'm talking about everybody else's stuff.
1: Yeah, and you can tell that they're actually listening to it because they have interesting comments on it, and that makes me feel yeah. good too. You know, it's kind of nice. It is. So, yeah.
0: And it was, uh, you know, it was just the first episode shot, but it was the third one released because of the Rogue Warrior time release. So it's kind of, I'm glad I didn't number them all because <laughs> that right. would get really confusing.
1: And three's my favorite number. So that's kind of good because Trace is, you know, it's three.
0: Yeah, huh. Yes. <laughs> so next week I'm shooting another one. Oh, good. Um, I want to try and make every single one of them different because mm-hmm. why wouldn't I? Uh, So the first one was shot in this glorious location, as you remember, because you were there when we were filming it. So that was good. The second one was shot in a cinema auditorium, which was good. Uh, The third one is going to be shot in front of a live studio audience in a single take with me hosting the Q&A panel whilst filming it. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to be really easy to do that one, isn't it?
1: That's (laughs) tricky.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's next Saturday.
1: Maybe you could get your wife to help you.
0: Which, no, she's like, I'm not good at stuff like that. I'm not filming. But I do have a second cameraman who will be helping me. And I've instructed him, once you start your camera recording, do not stop it. Because it will be a pain in the neck to sync up the sound. So you know, he's, he's been it's instructed.
1: It's because, because Neil has had a couple of friends who are pretty good camera people helping him with with filming things and then it seems like for some reason they'll either hold the camera the wrong direction or all these things go wrong it's really funny even people that are good with the camera so so be open to the fact that it may not work out perfectly but your intentions are perfect
0: (laughs) yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so it should be fun so that this time next saturday i'll actually have finished shooting that one and then in september i'm shooting two more with you know different actresses which that will be a lot easier so yeah, uh, Neil very kindly did his wonderful poster work on that for me and overlaid the graphics and stuff so. Yes, thank I thank you again, Neil. <laughs> it takes me all of 2 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things is that I, I need to learn how to do it myself, but I've not had the time to sit down and learn how to. I felt really bad cuz Neil did the one with the actress Vary Calvey. She was a little bit of trivia for you. She was the little girl in Braveheart who gave the very young Mel Gibson the flower at the funeral. Oh, okay. So she's now all grown up. So I'm going to be sitting down with her and having a conversation, um, and I sent the the picture over to Neil, saying, Any "Chance, you can do this." And he sent it back, and I'm like, "Oh." Uh. And then Danny Thompson, she came back with her picture, so I messaged Neil again. I'm like, "Oh, uh, sorry to be a pain, but can you do it with this one as well?" So. You know, he
1: could he could probably make you a template.
0: No. Yes. I have to show him. I'll have to do a
2: tutorial on how to use them. We could videotape you <laughs> yes. doing it. Yes, that's
1: what do, and then he can do you up a template and show you how to do it and how to change it because because it'd be a good arsenal to have in your in oh, your
0: definitely. Yeah, it, it is one of those things. I need to sit down and go right. I just need to have some time to learn how to do this rather than I'll just pester Neil again and interrupt him from making his sci-fi epics to do this little thing for me.
1: That has nothing to do, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Neil's just sat there going, I wish somebody'd give me something to do. I'm a little bit lost and bored. Oh, look, up holster. Wait.
1: <laughs> he does that with me too. It's really funny. I'll tell you, um, this morning I was talking to him and, I, and we've got some stuff we need to shoot. And I said, well, the, the next day that we're shooting just some of my stuff, I said, send me over some of that stuff, separate it out how you want to do it so I can prepare. So he's like, okay. So I get this email. I guess he was in the podcast with you an hour ago. And it's like, it's like, here you go. Maybe we could start this at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I'm like, I said so I could prepare. <laughs> it's
2: like- oh, it's so now we're, now, we're, now we're having our production meeting, by the way, live on air. Nice. It- A live production meeting. That's good. It was,
1: it was oh. only like five or six pages and he wanted me to be was, prepared was, by 2 it
2: was, o'clock. It was three pages and four lines of dialogue. No. No. Oh. Yeah. No? You sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you, do you look like you want to shoot today.
1: Oh, I do. Do I? What is it like a little neon sign mm-hmm. on my forehead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yes. I really do want to shoot. But what I really wanted to do, because we do so much stuff, where it's like, okay, let's get this done. I want to. I was like, you know what? I'd really like to like spend a couple of days and really, you know, put a lot into this. And I just thought that was so funny
0: oh okay. so we're not shooting today then is that what you oh is this what we call creative differences is that because i've read about that in magazines uh, am
2: i going back to building submarines today
0: <laughs> i'm back to submarine building
2: well
1: you know it's just yeah. so much more i can bring to it if i have just a little bit of time to think it through you know i i know that you think i do really well last minute but yeah, yeah.
0: sometimes you're amazing <gasps> <gasps> only sometimes what's the matter with you neil Oh
1: no. <laughs> no, I could probably do it without problem. It's just that I, I love the idea of preparing. That's one of my favorite things.
0: Ah.
2: Yeah. But there's another fifty pages you can
1: prepare. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's why I asked you to break it apart.
0: can, can I do so, some uh, hand close up shots? Just hand, <laughs> just hand hand shots.
1: Yes, uh, oh, mm-hmm.
0: In between submarine building. Yeah, yeah. I know, right. I, see I need a break from that. It's um it's quite big the submarine.
1: Oh, yes. fills up <laughs> like about the size of a three-car garage.
2: Wow. It's Just on wheels. For the top of it. It's on wheels. So what it is, it's the, the – well, it's the top, the, con, the conning tower of a submarine and the bottom part as well, which you haven't seen yet. Um, so, you know, like in – what's the movie? Uh, oh, God. Uh, Red Dawn. No,
0: no. Uh, Hunt for Red October. Red, Red October, yeah. Red yeah. Dawn, very different film.
1: Which Hunt yeah. for Red October, by the way, is Clint Morris's favorite movie.
0: Yes. Yes. I could see how his colleagues or whatever did a birthday screening for that, didn't they? But I mean, it was like, wow!
1: It wasn't that fantastic. They that was
0: really cool. Them. Here's one for you. If it was like, if there was a surprise birthday screening of your favorite movie ever, which one would you choose? Mine would be Close Encounters of Third Kind. So I'm just going for that one. Hey, that's
2: coming out soon on in four days.
0: Oh, I know.
2: An amazing. Movie. Which which
0: cut is it? Is the question.
2: I hope it's all cut. Mm. I'd watch them all. <laughs> I hope the <laughs> mothership's I'd like gone. Is like the extended cut where that old guy talks about Bigfoot? I oh, saw so Bigfoot once, <laughs> yep.
1: Hey, I have an idea for you, Stuart. Yep. Um, after you do all of your spending time with them, so maybe once you've done a dozen of them, you could do a compilation.
0: That
2: could work. It would be really cool. Oh, a best of, like,
1: yes. highlights
2: from each one. Yeah. So, I'm you?
0: all for that, yeah. So, so what would your birthday movie be if you oh, had gosh. to sit and watch it? In a,
1: you yeah. answer first. I'll think about it. Oh.
0: And you can't choose Rogue Warrior because that's cheating. And, and um, I might do the first
1: know. Star Wars, you know, because I saw it as a kid before it came out, as you know, because it's been in the press. But it's just like now I want to go watch it again. But that would only be like the next birthday.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say either if if I was able to invite people to the theater and see it in the theater, I would say either Excalibur because it was fresh in my head. Oh, okay, we just uh, watched it. Or Dune. Or, uh, oh, I have an idea. Race ahead. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow.
1: How about Logan's run with suspension from the ceiling so that when they fly, we could go up in the air?
0: Oh, you mean when they got up the carousel? <laughs> yeah. No, I so you could do that as well.
1: Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I
0: always watch that, that. And then the TV series as well. Watch all the episodes of the TV show.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. You said yeah. that to me before. Yeah.
0: yeah. I,
2: don't worry, we, we, we have a costume from the TV series. I think I told you that story. Um, it's, it's in their warehouse right now.
0: Uh, it doesn't
1: belong to us, but we have it. Yes. It's
0: yeah. like stolen it or something.
1: No, somebody <laughs> bought it that lives in England. Blakey bought it, and so we went and picked it up for him. So we're storing it until we, well, we have, go back out there next time. Maybe we should wear it.
2: Yeah, we have a Sandman costume and a, the green robot character um, costume.
1: We should put them on and take pictures and send them to Blakey.
0: Maybe I'll he this. No. Nah. Definitely. <laughs> he always yeah, tells me no. These are really old costumes. <laughs> <laughs> you like put it on, you're like, uh-oh, I'll just put like a hole in the sleeve or something. there. That would not be good, would it?
1: Little super glue
0: But Neil could like Photoshop the the rip out so that nobody yeah. would ever know. And then you could I'm sure
1: Ricky like like wouldn't that. mind at
0: all. Yeah. No. And then if that yeah. ever happens, let me know and I'll edit this bit out of the podcast so there is no evidence whatsoever.
1: Oh, we <laughs> like it though. <laughs> yeah.
0: we, we like so it. next week I am hanging out with Clatu uh, from Return of the Jedi, which will be amazing. A guy called John who was in Return of the Jedi,
2: oh, so that'll be oh, kind oh, of oh, a
0: mental. Really? Yep. And a lady called Tina Simmons who's been in things like uh, she was in Return of the Jedi as a rebel officer. She was in uh, Superman Four. A mental filmography. So I'm hosting a Star Wars panel, and Gloria Garcia who was in The Force Awakens. She was like the first. uh uh, soldier on Jakku so I'm going to be geeking out and hosting a Star Wars panel this time next Saturday so I'm super excited about that yeah,
1: that's
0: So and I'm going to get them all recorded so I'll be putting them all out as podcast as well so you will hear me waffling away to the likes of people from Doctor Who, Red Dwarf all sorts, uh, I'm making sure that's done for you Red That's Dwarf. fantastic Who have you got on Red Dwarf? I have got a guy called Mark Dexter who played Rimmer's brother um, previous years, it's like last year or first year, I think. Actually, it was Robert Llewellyn and Hattie Hayridge who played Hologram. She was lovely, and Stephen Wickham. Uh, this year, Stephen Wickham's back, and Mark Dexter, who was also in Transformers the last night, apparently. But I didn't watch that because it looked a bit, you know, a bit transformery.
2: Oh, doesn't that, is that the new one? Yes. Okay, I think that that's also got us, the submarine we filmed in in Portsmouth. Really, but I believe that's also in in.
1: That's a fabulous,
2: yeah. fabulous submarine. It's a submarine. great submarine, but that's also that, – that's the one they use in Transformers. So we, we
1: yeah,
2: – I'm excited to watch it for that reason, honestly. Yeah, you go, that's the submarine.
1: That's our submarine. Well, we've
2: got to go shoot some <laughs> most footage in a submarine as well. So we're trying to find one right now in the U.S. that matches that one. So it's going to be fun. This is a this is a submarine time travel Nazi movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really – has it been a hard film to pitch? I would think it would yeah. be. Oh, it's yeah, it's been
1: really, really easy. Has talk-
0: it? People, well,
1: everybody wants to see it.
0: Everybody's well, everybody like does it. want to see it, but it's like, it's like Nazis and submarines and time trial. You're like, okay, actually, I don't know what I'm going to see, but I'm intrigued.
1: Actually, yeah. our our sales <laughs> rep told us yesterday because we have this one part that we're that we're filling. It's just it's 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 a small part, even though no part is small. And he goes, stop worrying. Just make sure they're a good actor. He goes, it's it's the pitch on this that yeah. everybody wants. You don't have to put any more names. There's enough names in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like we've got you. It's fine. Go it's make like, the film. Yeah. Make sure they act. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So you know, we got we got a, it's got we got a film with Adolf Adolf Hitler
0: and Joseph Goebbels, I think maybe Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is in it. Um, There's not many films that Hitler and Jesus in it, though. I can't think of any others.
2: Yeah, yeah. where do you
0: see what Hitler does to Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> you see
1: what Hitler does to my character.
0: <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh.
2: laughs> and the daughter of Hitler as well.
1: I play his his daughter and his nemesis, so it's kind of a it's an interesting role and it's time travel so there's very many of me
0: how hard is it i mean this is probably more a neil question i think but how hard is it to have you written out your rules of time travel and you've has it been a nightmare making sure that the story sticks to those rules yes yeah <laughs> that's an easy answer isn't it? Sure, yep. yeah. nightmare sure nightmare. <laughs> um, well, great nightmare than anyone could ever realize and uh
2: I will I will take anyone on if they want to criticize my time travel science because I, I've got it all worked out and I've spent years. So but it won't make sense to a lot of people. But I know that if I ever sat down with anyone, I can cover my ass in front of um an entire league of scientists and you know It's
1: actually quite an intelligent movie. You know, yeah. it's it's very, very serious sci fi, very dramatic sci fi. So it's kind of it's kind of an interesting twist on things. I don't think I've seen anything like it.
2: No. No, there there is no time. There is no time travel movie. Oh, and that's the other big news too. Um, so you know we got two we, we actually have a movie called The Time War and At the Edge of Time. We,
1: oh, so actually this movie was kind of born out of the other movie because At the Edge of Time. If you remember, we've been working on that for several years, and since we did it before Rogue Warrior. Um, Rogue Warrior got to be such a behemoth of a film that we're like, oh, we need to beef up at the edge of time. I mean, because, of course, everything was bigger in Rogue Warrior. And so we went back and we started, you know, Neil started writing scenes and hiring, you know, bigger names and stuff like that, like we did with Rogue Warrior, because people always expect something bigger out of your next project. And um, they put it all together and he had like this four-hour movie once he put it all – and it didn't work.
2: (laughs) I I just said, this is two movies and this is terrible. What am I going to do? And then I just said, okay, I've got two movies. Let's split them up into two. Let's shoot an extra – Turned out to be 60 pages. 60. Right now extra 60 pages for The Time War. And that other film that we started with, make it a smaller film. And it's a prequel now. It's now a prequel, which will be, be which re- will come out later. Re- released afterwards because it's like the poor man's prequel.
1: <laughs> because you had like these epic moments that he put in there with these epic actors in order to make the film bigger, and the other film actually watered that down rather than this bringing that up. So it took something that was great and made it lesser because it was involved in. I don't exactly know how to, how to explain it. But the Time War was basically born out of the making of At the Edge of Time and making that into a bigger movie. And then everything from the performances to almost even the genre didn't even work yeah. together.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: A lot of humor in At the Edge of Time and ha, ha, ha. You know, a lot at, of
2: – At the Edge of Time is more like the Doctor Who episode. The Time War is more like
1: – I'm going to
2: listen to you try to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Good
0: luck, Neil. We're all counting up. on you.
2: Hang on, I gotta to try to think of something really big. Um, oh, I don't know. What's
1: it's the- really messed up, epic, deep, dramatic, time travel sci fi.
2: Yeah, and, and at the edge of time is more of a Doctor Who episode. And they're both great, but in different ways. And so there's gonna be the Time all will come will come out first, and then At the Edge of Time will come out three months after that, and it'll be the the um, a different type of movie. It'll be it's a It's totally different. Yeah, it's a prequel shall we say, but it doesn't, you don't need to see one. They're both independent of each other.
1: But kind of the cool thing is, is if you didn't make at the edge of time and then make rogue warrior, the time war would have never been born. And it's so epic. So it's kind of cool how that artistic process works. Yeah.
2: And that's actually big news. And you've actually got the exclusive on that. We haven't announced that. So we will do a press release about it, I guess, soon. Um,
1: well, I've kinda of talked about it in the interview. Oh, okay. Uh, okay.
2: Yeah. But but it's you know, it's it's a it's a horrible thing to think, okay, I wanna have this movie finished, it's nearly done, and then it's like okay, we've got to shoot another sixty minutes of like, oh, shit. <laughs> of the film. And it's big it's a big sixty minutes as well. And we've got to find more actors. So now I'm, I'm Which we have. Yeah, almost. And um I've got two movies now to, to kick out the door, not one. Wow. But it'll be worth it in the end. Eventually I think there'll be a box set with both movies available on the on the you know, as a Blu-ray, because um, they kind of belong together.
1: Yeah. Kind of do and kind of don't. You know, they're kind of like <laughs> when you have sisters and they're completely different people and you're like, how do you have the same mother? You but, know what I mean? But there
2: <laughs> are some of the same characters in both films as well. So they, they
0: you know, they can work together. because mm-hmm. got- is, is it kind of like when uh, Clint Eastwood, he did a couple of uh, World War II movies, didn't he? The Flags of Our Fathers and yeah. then Letters from Iwo Jima, yeah. which were, they worked if you watched them together. Yeah, but they also worked. If you didn't even bother watching one of them or the other one, you could still get exactly. the films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm, I'm, alone. I'm yeah, and I'm dying to see how the ratings go. Eventually, you know, how do the reviews
2: go on each film? Which one? Get, mm-hmm. It'll be a competition to see which one's the better film in the end. Uh, I, I know it's no competition. It's no competition.
1: <laughs> it's no competition. It will
2: be an interesting process for for the for the audience. Um. So, you know, that's, that's the big news is the time war is now two movies and the at the edge of time will not be called at the edge of time. It'll be called something else because, Mm -hmm. um, because we were told so. yes, (laughs) we were told to change the name because there's too many movies like the edge of time and this and that. There's so many movies like that. We don't want to get confused with anyone. So we've got to think up a new name for at the edge of time. Um, but you know, good luck with that.
0: (laughs) Are you going to have any, any dragons being put into this one? As you mentioned, dragons are the thing. Let's put dragons well, everywhere
1: in the time where we have creatures. We, there you go. we have a oh, lot we of creatures. Do. Yeah, we, we actually have an army of creatures. Yes, and of course that comes from you know experimental studies during World War II, which is really kind of fascinating.
2: Yeah, it's genetic, genetic, uh, genetically genetic modified testing. humans made into an army of creature things. So they're still human; they're they're messed up. Um, it's about it's all about family genetics.
0: And and um, atomic bombs
1: and greed. Nice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm loving all the updates and stuff. It's like Neil will send me a sneaky picture or something now and again. I'm like, Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me that video the other day, which wasn't connected with a time war whatsoever, but it was the guy who was on about his um, his washing kept getting done. And all that sort of stuff. And oh, I'm like, I I, I got the message at work, and I'm like, what? What's this he sent me? And I couldn't listen to it because I had no sound. <laughs> so I got home. I'm like, this can't be from one of his films or whatever, because it looks really different. And it's like, oh yeah, comedy video. Yes, <laughs> it's
1: good. I love that. I think he sent it to all of us.
0: Well, well yeah, set somewhere for the public to see. It's very funny. Well, it's out there. Is it? I can...
1: It's it's viral.
0: Oh, it's a viral. It's cool. video. Yeah, it's a viral I, video. I don't know anything. You know, I'm just stuck. Well, oh, you it. know a little bit. You know how to put dragons in your movies. Yeah. And so, you know, so- you know, Phil you know film locations Did- break. yeah <laughs> yeah that's my fun thing <laughs> thank you for uh, sending me the film location stuff which I haven't had time to check but I have downloaded it and it's safe so I'm looking forward to going through that lot and seeing what cool bits and pieces you've uh, you've sent me
2: yeah I, it's, it's where they shot Planet, Planet of the Apes MASH and I think something else um, Gattaca I believe there's, there's a wow. you know a little bit of that um, I can't think what else but anyway you'll see it all I just you know just
0: my, my brain at the minute is in right i need to shoot this thing next saturday and oh. then once that's out of the way it'll be like right i'm shooting this thing two weeks after that with danny thompson and then once i've done that i'll be shooting the one with barry Calvi. so once those are out of the way yeah, <laughs> i can start on something else so, so it's all all uh, priority type thing, isn't it which i'm sure you guys are no stranger to going nope need to think of this thing and then i'll think about something else afterwards
1: exactly
0: no pressure <laughs> no, no well, I haven't got any pressure on mine at all It's called self-imposed is good. pressure It's what, sorry?
1: Self-imposed pressure
0: Yes mm-hmm. Now,
2: exactly. by the way, so have you watched any movies this week at all? Um, I watched
0: a little indie one called Suburban Cowboy which was good Um mm-hmm. just basically it's one of these lovely films where it's guy ends up in the wrong place at the wrong time Right, now you've got a week to raise $100,000 so I'm going to kill you and it was actually really good. It was uh, Clint sent me the, the screener over for that, saying, you know, can you give it a watch and a review? And I thought, ah, I'll watch it. And it was really good. So i checked check that one out. It's not a about the, the, the gay scene in the 80s is it, at all. No, that's not that one.
1: <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> wasn't
0: there a movie called Suburban Cowboys? There was a movie called Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Uh, yeah, John Voight and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. But no, it wasn't that one. This was all drug dealers and, you know, I'll kill you, if you
1: you have to do a review of away. it say well it's about gay gay people in the 80s
0: yeah, you didn't even watch the film did you <laughs> yes. you
1: must be so the la did. times
2: <laughs> <coughs> happened to us quite a lot where people claim they've watched the movie and you can tell they haven't
1: well i have the vimeo stats i give everybody a link where they can watch it once And so, when I see a review come out, I go to the Vimeo stats, and that's why I made a joke about the LA Times. They even called the editor, and they're like, no, we believe he watched the movie. I go, no, he watched the trailer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, there's no way I can tell. So, anyway.
0: Yes. Because the thing is, it's not not a hard job to sit down and watch a film for an hour and a half, is it? It's not taxing. I mean, some films might be quite painful to watch, like Batman and Robin or Rocky and Bullwinkle or something. But generally, it's quite easy to sit down and just watch a film and write a review, so I don't get why they're it, it must be more difficult to write a review of a film you've not actually watched than it is to write a review of a film you've sat and watched, uh-huh. I don't I really don't understand their logic
1: But And they're being paid for it too
0: Exactly, makes it worse,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's I crazy
0: know. I don't understand them Maybe they went
1: to the beach that day
0: Yeah. Yeah. Possibly, but they could take their iPad
1: And they don't realise what an effect they have on independent filmmakers, like how much effort we put into making this, and the years of effort that go into it, and they're like, eh, da 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 she she never got her face dirty and her hair was never messed up. It's like, you didn't watch the movie. I'm going to check the stats. <laughs> it's
0: like... Yeah, exactly. Anyway. I had this uh, semi-argument with somebody at work the other month who was he was blatantly bragging about downloading movies for free. And I'm like, you need to oh. just not do that. And it's like, why? I'm like, because it's not good. And I don't want to go into the whole thing because I thought, you just, I'm wasting my time here. I said, just don't do it because it, it's not good. And he went, well, it was only King Kong. I'm like... What? And yeah. what's, what's that got to do with it? He said, well, if that makes a million pound less, it doesn't matter, does it? I'm like, okay, let's go along that logic. Yeah. Right, million pounds, it makes less. That is a million pound budgeted indie movie that never gets made, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> what's the matter with you?
1: I've been, I've been issuing takedown notices. I'm having a lot of fun. Because, you know, the studios never bother, you know, but I've actually figured out it's a lot of work. I mean, it's easy to take them off YouTube, but I've been actually taking down whole websites. And I'm kind of having fun because I feel like, Okay, I spend, you know, a half an hour and two days later the video, the whole site gets taken down if they don't remove the content. Content, But think of the thousands of other people's movies that are on there that are getting taken down too and that makes me feel really good.
0: Yes, exactly. You're like the rogue warrior in reality.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not fair. I mean, I think of all the people whose movies are up there for free and they don't even yeah. know it, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Somebody sent me a screen because you – sort of said check periodically to make sure nobody's ripped it off Mm -hmm. and if you do a search for spending time with Tracy Birdsall, there's loads of them but the running times don't match the thumbnail makes it look like it's our film but it's not you click on it it's just some stupid advert or whatever so trying to get those removed it just doesn't happen because effectively they've not nicked the film actually YouTube were
1: actually you, you can take it down really easily I do it every few days and what you do is you check um that it's your video, and then you click a link to your video. And then the box that you click is links to other materials. So there's a links button. And what they're doing is they're putting links to their website, and then their website is where they're giving everything away for free. And if you do uh, okay. that, it takes down that link. And it literally, it's usually within about two hours. And I'll, I think you can report ten of them at a time. So every few days I'll go report them. Because they are making money off hits to your copywritten title. You know, and yeah. doing that to steal people's movies. And
2: if they use your artwork, you can claim, up, you can claim they
0: did. It's like me on thumbnails. I'm like, hang on a minute. But then, you know, look at the running time. It's 90 minutes. I think, well, you know, hours wasn't 90 minutes. It was like 50 or whatever it was. Um, but YouTube, were the first time I did it, when I was like, right, I'll flag all these things. They came through and went, right, send us proof that this is your thing. And I'm like, I've already done that. I, everything that I needed to say, oh, they've stolen my video and title, was yeah. in the initial one. It's like, why are you asking me for the same stuff again?
1: Yeah, yeah. just click that it's links to, to another site. There's, It's way down at the drop-down list, and we yeah. will just take them down
0: right away. Brilliant. I shall get on the case. Yes. People stealing our content. We are the internet police. <laughs> we are. Well, somebody's got to be. <laughs>
1: After, the next time when I do it, I'll do a screen grab for you and send it to you, and then you'll see where the box is at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you two going to do today, then? Is Neil going to build submarines?
1: I think I'm going to find out when we get off of, off of this call because he's probably going to tell me what I need to do today.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I thought
1: I was preparing.
2: Well, we're back to submarines. I, I'm, I, I don't know, actually. We're about to figure that out. Yeah,
1: we'll figure it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. if you don't oh. want to do, that's okay.
1: Well, let me look well, at it. Oh. I just thought it was funny that I asked you for stuff to prepare and you said, yeah, we can start it
2: too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop trying. <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure to chat with a pair of you very very cool i love it when neil comes on he's like i've got this story for you and I end up with about seven stories it's great <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's very good and he's like i can't tell you the story but i'll tell you the story anyway and then i get to find out what the story is yes yeah so that's a lovely. win-win one day i'll tell you about oh, i can't even tell you that we <laughs> told him- it, exa- that's exactly how it works yeah. <laughs> it's amazing one day i'll tell you now i won't yeah. and then Last i usually time find we out
1: told anyway. you a story but we waited till we were off the air
0: yeah <laughs> yes. and i did make damn sure i cut that one out so you know
1: no, you told us you, that you weren't recording
0: anymore or something like that. Oh, yeah, it's gone. No, I think it was probably still running, but it was definitely. Oh. So, nice. no, I double—I doubly made sure and then deleted the file. So, it's, yeah, it's gone. So, I'm very trustworthy on stuff like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> know that. We um, know. To which I once had a conversation with somebody who went, Do people not worry about it? I'm like, Why would I? I said, If I break a promise, then my entire little empire collapses. So, <laughs> <Earth no>. empire. <laughs> yeah. and I put too much work in for it. Yes. So uh, I am going out for a meal tonight with Annette. So I'm just going to go out and have some food and whatnot. And then this time next week, my hosting duties at Sci-Fi Wales will be done. Excellent. So That will be uh, be good. And I'll have about six new podcast episodes for you with all the Q and A panels. So I shall drip. I'll probably send you them all in advance, and then you can listen to them. But I'll drip feed them out over there the uh, podcast feed over the next few weeks. I I like it every week when something comes up. It makes me happy. I do, but it's trying to find a regular host is a nightmare Mm -hmm. because John Fouts and I are in a similar position where we've both got full-time jobs. He's in the States, so our time schedules don't always match up, so we can't always record every week. Myself and Sean, similar boat, so it's now and again I'll record with him, but we can't do that every week. Um, Stu Miller, bless him, he's more horror focused, and I don't think him and I would record every week anyway. So it's like, damn it, I need some regular, or at least a different co-host every single week, so that yeah. I can actually do a show every week. So
2: yeah, but I do yeah. enjoy the differences. You know, I like hearing, I, I, I love hearing his negativity. It's so funny.
0: But
2: <laughs> you know, you, you guys are like chalk and cheese. You've got oh God, almost yeah. Almost the same accent, the same name, but you couldn't be more different. But that's why it's so yeah. interesting to listen to two of you talk.
0: It can be interesting, but it can also be infuriating because oh, I'll go. I watched this film and it was really good. Have you seen that one? He's like, "Yes, yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's just complete crap." So there's, no, there's <laughs> no. It's like, where does the conversation go then? Yeah, <laughs> like, I like. Well, I liked it. You didn't. Uh, okay, we'll move on to something else. So the one we did last week was pretty much rapid fire. I went through about fifty films that I'd watched, and he's like, "Nope, didn't like it." Yeah, so I just felt very rushed. But uh,
2: yeah, but that's that's the fun of it. From an outside perspective, that's where it's it's kind of amusing good so i won't fire him just
0: yet then i'll i'll keep him on side yes. god, for god now. bless his mortal soul that's good yeah he just needs to enjoy films a little bit more i think yes, yes. i think if i watched that many films and i hated them all i'd just give up i'm like Do you know what this movie watching thing it's not working for me it's making yeah. me miserable i need to find a, something good
1: he, he could probably be a paid critic
0: he probably <laughs> could yeah but no he actually watches the films so yeah oh there you go that's a flaw he'd have to stop watching them wouldn't he could watch a trailer and then pretend he watched the whole film maybe that's true but he wouldn't be allowed to watch them all so (laughs) um but i shall let you two go do submarines and prep and have your your production meeting etc but uh enjoy the rest of your weekend
1: you too and have fun at the sci-fi whales thing that sounds exciting yeah
0: very well uh I should really start preparing for that, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. I generally don't work well like that. <laughs> I'll start preparing on the card journey down next Saturday. Like, oh yeah, there, there. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. So, yeah. but I shall keep you updated, and there'll be lots of pictures and audio recording and stuff. So, excellent, excellent, wonderful.
1: All right, well, all right,
0: enjoy, and Great I'll shops. catch up with you both soon.
1: Okay, take care, Stuart.
0: You too. Bye. 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 Bye.